shadow of a doubt. A question with God. You and I are part of his plan. The only question is whether you and I will participate in his plan or not. This is the question. This is the question every one of us have to answer every day of our lives. You can't just answer it once. We have to answer it every day of our lives. Will I participate in the plan of God for my life today? Will I participate in the plan of God for where he's placed me in time today? You recognize it did not surprise God that you were born when you were born. God's not shocked that you're living in this dispensation of time. This was God's plan that you would live right now. And that means that you have a place in his plan right now. And I have a place in his plan right now. My place is not more important than your place. It may look different. Our roles in the body may be different. Our function in the body may be different. But it doesn't mean one function or one role is more important than the other. We need each and every part of the body of Christ. And so I need you and you need me to get in alignment with the plan of God every day that we live. We're dependent on one another that way. Amen? That's not what I want to talk about today, but that's important for us. Amen? The book of John, chapter number 7. I'm trying to decide where I want to start here. Let's, uh, let's just go to verse... 33. John chapter 7 and verse 33. Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while am I with you. And then I go to him that sent me. You shall seek me, And shall not find me. And where I am. Thither you cannot come. Then said the Jews among themselves. Whither will he go that we shall not find him? Will he go to the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? See they were were processing in their natural reasoning. Anytime you and I try to understand the spiritual things of God through carnal reasoning, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The scripture says the carnal mind or the fleshly mind is enmity with God or it opposes God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So I can't understand spiritual things through natural means. Now the Lord may use natural things to teach me spiritual truths. But I need, this is why I must learn to listen and hear with my spirit, not my intellect. I've got to hear with my spirit. Seven times in the book of Revelation, the Lord Jesus Christ said to every one of the churches, He that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says. We have to learn to hear spiritually. And so... The Jews said amongst themselves, whither will he go? 
They were thinking in the natural that we shall not find him. Will he go to the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? Of course, it didn't help that the Jews saw him as just another man. They didn't recognize this was God robed in flesh dwelling among them. This was the Messiah come as he said he would. And they didn't recognize him. And verse 36, they carry on. What manner of saying is this that he said, you shall seek me. And shall not find me, and where I am, thither you cannot come. Verse 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, hear the words of the Lord, If any man thirst, anybody thirsty this morning? If any man thirst, that sounds pretty all-inclusive, doesn't it? If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 38, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Everybody say rivers. Say that again, rivers, rivers of living water. Verse 39, just in case we weren't clear what Jesus was talking about, the writer John makes it clear. Verse 39, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. It is the desire of God that everyone that thirsts would be filled. Brother Lewis started at the beginning of the other time together and he began to talk about hunger. He talked about his wife's cooking and how... Hungry, he didn't have to be very hungry when she'd cook certain things and he was ready to eat. And just hearing about it or seeing it made him hungry. And talked, of course, of how important spiritual hunger is. And I referenced briefly the passage of Scripture in the Beatitudes in Matthew 6. Most of us have heard it, I'm sure. Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. What a promise. Blessed are they. It is a blessing when you and I hunger and thirst after righteousness. In plain English, in today's terms, the way those words could read without changing the meaning at all, can say this. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for a right relationship with God. Excuse me. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst <coughs> for a place of right standing with God. Righteousness speaks of being in a place of right relationship and right standing with God. And Jesus said, you're blessed if you hunger and thirst for that. This is something that we should hunger and thirst after every single day that we live. 
I don't get up in the morning and go, well, I've got it figured out today. I've got everything right today. You know, I got things in order yesterday. To No, I have to start every day pursuing Him every day, finding a place of communion and fellowship with God that says, I want to be in right relationship with you today, God. I want to be in right standing with you today, God. I want my thoughts to be in right relationship to you. I want my actions to be in right relationship with you. I want my words to be in right. Everything I do, I want to be in the righteousness of God. And it's important to understand the scripture is very clear. My own righteousness is filthy rags. I can't do enough good to be in right standing with God. I can't do enough actions on my own ability to be in right standing with God. I can't do enough good, right stuff to be made righteous of my own ability. Scripture certain and clear. There's none righteous. No, not one. But it is the righteousness of God... That if I will come to Him humbly, if I'll come and humble myself before Him, say, God, I can't make myself right. I can't put myself in right standing with You. I need the righteousness of God. And so I humble myself before Him. And we were singing about the blood. If I'll humble myself and seek a place of repentance of my wrongdoing, God will draw me near to Himself. I can be baptized in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus can wash over my life and bring you and I into right relationship with God. We need to hunger for that. We're blessed if we hunger for that. Scripture is clear. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst After righteousness, they shall be filled. What a promise. If you've got the right hunger for God, don't worry, you'll be filled. It's a promise of the Word of God. And so this hunger is important. I I feel like I must say this before we keep going here. I referenced it earlier, but I'll say it again. There is another type of hunger in Scripture. It's the hunger of the prodigal son. Prodigal son, most of you know the story. He went to his father, I believe it's in Luke 17. He went to his father and said, give me all the goods that befall me. He took his father, gave it to him. And the scripture says he left his father's house and he went and wasted his father's substance with riotous living. Took all that that was given to him. What an opportunity. And he went and wasted it, the scripture says. He didn't waste his substance. He wasted the father's substance. That which the father would have invested in him. He wasted with riotous living. The scripture tells us this young man found himself in a pig pen. He ran out of money. The Bible says there was a famine in the land. And so this young man finds himself in a pig pen. Tending to pigs. You understand Jesus sharing that story. You must also understand that pigs were an unclean animal to the Jews. And he would have been talking to Jews at the time that Jesus was sharing that story in Luke 17. And so he was painting this picture of a young man that had been in a place of having plenty, had been in a place of having his needs met by the Father, had been in a place of the Father's house, but then made choices that brought him to the lowest of lows. He wasn't just working some job. He was working with unclean pigs. 
Jesus was describing how far this young man had fallen from where he had been and what had been prepared for him. God, in the story that he was sharing with the disciples and those that would hear, as the Lord Jesus shared it, they were hearing of a young person, of an individual that had been at a place of being cared for, of having the Father's blessing, a place of having the Father's name on their life, a place of having all provided, but thinking they could do it on their own went out and wasted what God had given them and found themselves in the lowest of lows, a place he undoubtedly never thought he would be. He found himself there in the pig pen feeding pigs. And the scripture says of this young man that he would have fain had he not filled his belly with the food that the pigs ate. He was so hungry. He was so hungry. He was so hungry. He'd wasted everything the Father had given him on things of the world that he thought would probably satisfy his hunger. He went further and further in, but the hunger remained. It wasn't... Nothing fed him like what he found at the father's house. So he went further. And his time would have it. Money ran out. Then his fate would have it, it would seem. Food ran out. And now the young man is just wanting to survive. He had everything. He got to a place of just wanting to survive. And so he took a job feeding pigs. Was he hungry? He was hungry. Was he blessed with hunger? I suppose you could say it was a blessing. He ultimately returned to his father's house. So there was that. The point of the matter is this. You and I can be blessed with hunger. Or God in his love for us. Will allow us to get to a place. That is the proverbial pig pen. And we'll get hungry. Why would God allow that? His purpose is the same. He just wants us back in right relationship with Him. And some are blessed with hunger. And they hunger and thirst for right relationship with God. And it's a blessing that they have that hunger. And they're filled. But some, they have the hunger. But rather than feed the hunger for right relationship with God in our humanity, we would start feeding the hunger of our flesh, of our own desires, of our worldly desires, of these temporary things that are fleeting and will pass away. I hear King David saying, I was young, but now I'm old. I don't think I'm old now, but I'm not as young as I used to be. And now that I'm 50 and I'm no longer 20, I realize some things that I thought I really needed when I was 20 or 25, man, they don't do anything for me anymore. 
that just don't satisfy like he does. And so this young man has hunger. Hear me this morning. The Lord will bring you to a place of hunger. It can be blessing or it can be the bottom of the pig pen. It's the love of God either way. And so we find Jesus in this passage of Scripture we read. And here he's addressing thirst. He's addressing the thirst of a life. He's not speaking in the natural. The Jews were in the natural, but he was not speaking in the natural. Jesus was appealing to something that was just ahead, something that wasn't far removed, and something that he desires to be operative in your life and in mine. This is the plan and the design and the desire of God for every single one of us. Please hear me this morning. This is the plan, the design, and the desire of God for every single one of us. There's not an individual in this room. I would submit to you there's not an individual upon the face of the earth that this is not the plan of God for. I know this to be true. Why do I know this? Because the word of God cannot fail. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. The word of God is true. And the word of God tells me the will of God. It says this about God. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Now, unfortunately, we know that doesn't happen. This is why you and I must pray the will of God into the earth. This is why Jesus said when you pray, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If we don't pray, the will of God won't take place. That's a deception of the adversary that says the will of God will happen anyway. It doesn't matter what we do. That's not true. If that were true, no one would perish and all would come to repentance. Because the will of God is that none would perish, but all would. But some perish and don't repent. We need to pray. And so it is, hear me, it is the will of God, this word of God, for every single one of us here today. There's no exclusion. Every one of us. What is his will? If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly, that's the innermost being. I'm not talking about your physical belly. Thank goodness. Mine and your innermost being, out of his belly shall flow. I want you to notice this. I've read this scripture, I don't know, a hundred times or more. I've quoted this scripture hundreds of times. I don't know why. I, I'm sure I knew what it said, but I wasn't, wasn't registering with me what it said. You ever had that happen? It's like I'm hearing, but I'm not listening. Out of his belly shall flow not a river. Right? Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This is the plan of God for your life and mine. 
that out of our innermost being, there would be a flow of living water. Rivers, that means multiple directions. Rivers, that means multiple flows. Rivers, that means going here, going there. Rivers flowing out of your life and mine. What in the world is he talking about? Well, thank goodness we don't take a whole lot of discernment to know what he was talking about. John had enough wherewithal to tell us what he was talking about in verse 39. This spake he of the Spirit. Notice it's Spirit with a capital S. This spake he of the Spirit, the very Spirit of God, or what we call the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. He was foreshadowing. Jesus was giving them a glimpse. He was telling them, I'm going to go away. Remember, this is where we started in verse 33 and 34. He said, yeah, in a little while I'm with you, but I'm not going to be with you much longer. You're going to look for me and you're not going to find me. But there's something that's going to happen. I'm going to cause you that are thirsty to be filled. You'll not be looking for me because you'll find what you need in my spirit. My spirit's going to come and I'm going to fill you with my spirit. And when my spirit dwells in you, something's going to happen in you that out of you is going to flow rivers of living water rivers of living water what was he talking about the thirst that you and I have will never be satisfied with anything in this world ever ever Oh, it may temporarily satisfy something. It may temporarily soothe some hurt or some pain or some want or some desire. But there will always be a looking for more. There will always be a searching for more. There will always be a looking for a new thing. Why is it that a drug addict would start on marijuana or meth and then... After a while, what they had initially isn't enough. There's a hunger for more. There's a hunger for more. Why? Because the carnal nature is never satisfied. The carnal nature is never satisfied. And so it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. There are testimonies in this room of people who ended up deep into drugs. They never thought they'd be there. But for the grace of God, they've been delivered. And they would have told you, I never thought I'd go that far. But the flesh is never satisfied. The flesh goes deeper and deeper and it's the adversary that wants to steal and kill and destroy and so he takes people deeper and deeper thinking you'll find something that'll satisfy and you could use drugs or you could use other things there are those that think money will satisfy and so they'll give themselves to pursuing riches and material things of this world trying to gather more to themselves and and they get much and it's not enough and so they want more and they gather and they want more and they gather why because the carnal Oh man, mine and your human nature is never satisfied with the things of this world. This is God's design. This is God's design. He loves you and I too much to let us be satisfied with earthly things. He designed you. He designed me. He designed us with this idea, this understanding, our nature, that we could not be content without Him. This is the design of God. 
because of his love for you and for me. He revealed this in the very beginning when he spoke of Adam. We know that when he made Adam, the scripture is certain, the Lord said, he made man in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. That's a different lesson for another time, but that's the way God created them. Male and female created he them. He knows what he created. God wasn't confused about what he made. He made male and he made female. All right? That's how he created them. In his own image. Now, see, we miss it if we're not careful, but watch what God reveals to us about his character through Adam. God speaks to Adam and he makes this statement. He says, it is not good that man should be alone. Anybody ever heard that? It's not good that man should be alone. He revealed the character of God. Man made in the image of God. God who fills all space and time and all Space before time and will fill all space after time. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He fills all of eternity. He has no beginning. He has no end. God said it's not man good that man should be alone. And we get a glimpse into the character and the nature of God. You understand until he created the angels. Until he created mankind. God dwelt. Alone. We don't think about that too often do we? But before creation. Before he created angels. I realize he did that before he created man. God dwelt alone. Now. I want this to register in our spirit. When he created you and I. He created us. So that he would never be alone. This is his plan for relationship with you and I. Why would he desire to redeem us unto himself? Do you understand? Well we are going somewhere I didn't think we'd go. But here we are. Watch what happens. It's, we, we can miss it if we read too, but it becomes so plain when we look in Scripture. So we see it at the very beginning. God revealed this plan at the very beginning. He made Adam in his own image. It's not good that he should be alone. So he caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam. He took a rib from him and he created woman, Eve. And the two became one flesh. Husband and wife. God created this. You know this story, right? This is God creating man, then creating a help meet, the scripture says. And so we find Adam and Eve, the husband and the wife, the bride and the groom, created by God to come together and to be together. And we see into the character and the nature of God. That God was creating something so that God would never be alone. And we read fast forward through the Old Testament and all the way into the New Testament. We find it in the Old Testament in the book of... Oh man, I'm going to get in trouble. Isaiah, I think, but don't hold me to that. 
But we find one of the Old Testament prophets declaring that God is our first husband. He says we should call him Ishai, I-S-H-I, which is husband. God is our first husband. And we read through in the New Testament and we begin to read the writings of Paul. And we learn very quickly that Jesus Christ is preparing a church. And when we read in the book of Revelation, we see the church. And the Bible calls it, John the Revelator called the church, one adorned as a bride prepared for her husband. And we get a glimpse into the fact that this church that God is creating is the bride of Christ. You've heard that before, right? The bride of Christ. And what is it? It's God's full plan that He would bring you and I to Himself so that He would never be alone. The first husband would build and create His bride. And when He catches the church away, you and I are no longer sons of God. But now we become collectively The bride of Christ. And you think you're not part of his plan? He wants you and I in right relationship with him. Whosoever thirsts, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers Of living water. What the world can never satisfy. The indwelling spirit of God. Can satisfy every need of your life and mine. Every need of your heart, soul, mind and spirit. Can be fed and nurtured and satisfied. By nothing less than the indwelling spirit of God. This is why we must be and should be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. This promise of the Word of God. Why would I not desire this to take place in my life? And what is the purpose of this indwelling spirit? It's that out of you and out of me would flow rivers. Rivers. You understand what rivers do? Rivers wash. Rivers clean. Rivers purify. You get a dirty area and you let a river come washing through. It carries away all the junk. Rivers carry away all the debris. I spent a few days up in Stahican earlier this week. And I walked along that river. The water was as clean and clear and crystal as could be. You could see right down through it. What was it doing? Why? Because that water was flowing. And as it flowed, it washed. As it flowed, it moved. Anything that was dirty, now you go down to the lake. Where that river dumped into the lake, you could see the river coming in. And you could see this muddy, dirty area coming into the lake. The river was carrying all that stuff down and dumping it into the lake. This is what rivers do. There's a movement. There's a flow that's taking place. The desire of God is that you and I would be filled with His Spirit. And when we are filled with His Spirit, it's not just so I can go, you know what, I'm filled with the Spirit of God. God forbid. 
He fills us with his spirit so that out of you and out of I, there flows living water and it cleanses and it heals. There's a healing that comes through the waters of the spirit of God flowing out of our life. There's ministry that comes when this living water flows out of our life. There's answers that come to those around us when this living water flows out of our life. happens though if I'm not careful is he will fill me with his spirit and the cares of life will begin to stop up the well and the flow and I no longer have this flow and this victory and this liberty that's intended for a child of God filled with the spirit of God so what must I do I've got to find a place before God in a closet of prayer and begin to dig things out. i got to dig out those things that would stop up the flow of the Spirit of God, the cares of life, my own human reasoning and ideology, my own way of thinking contrary to the Word of God and the will of God, and the purging out of those things, and the, war, the flow begins. One place in Scripture says, Spring up, O well, spring up. God intends for His Spirit to dwell in you and to flow out of you. And if there is a river flowing out of you, you can't keep it a secret. Stand with me this morning. If there is a river flowing out of you, you and I can't keep it a secret. He didn't say within your belly will be rivers of living water. Turning around and swirling and making great big pools of water. But we try to do that if we're not careful. We need to remove anything and everything that would hinder the flow of the rivers. S, multiple rivers, multiple flows of His Spirit out of us. What does that look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like I come into contact with a coworker and something happens. There's a hunger there. There's a thirst in that coworker. And because they're thirsty, they don't even know what they're thirsty for. But it does something to this Spirit that dwells within me. And that river just can't help but flow out. And it begins to flow and minister to the hungry, thirsty heart. I walk through the supermarket or the store and I bump into somebody and they're hurting and they're wounded and there's a need for ministry. I don't have anything of my own self, of my own flesh, but in right relationship with God, when you and I are filled with the Spirit of God, we come in contact with that vessel that is hungry and thirsty and rivers flow out. This is the design and desire of God. This is what He would do in, with, and through you and I if we would yield and be filled with the Spirit. This is what He wants for you and I. It's a part of His plan to minister throughout these valleys and throughout the earth. When Jesus said, you'll look for me and not find me, He was telling them, look, you understand what he was saying. He was taking their focus off of a man. The man, Christ Jesus. He was making sure they didn't focus on a man, but focused on 
God that was working through the man Christ Jesus. This is why he would heal somebody and say, don't tell anybody who did it. He didn't want them to not say, man, God did a work in my life. He was okay with that. He just wasn't wanting them to draw attention to him as a man. Because all of the glory and all of the focus should go to God. And so you and I as children of God, filled with the baptism of the gift of the Holy Ghost, when the Spirit of God dwells in us, it will flow out of us to many lives and all of it so that He's glorified, never so that men would look at me or look at you or be drawn to me or be drawn to you. Yes, people will be attracted to you, but don't ever think it's because of you. When we're filled with the Spirit. Now there's some of you here this morning. You're saying. Man I don't know. Nobody wants to be around. I don't do good around people. I'm better by myself. Well that may be true of you. But that's not true of the Spirit. And the rivers that flow. You may not believe this. But it's the truth. Whether you believe it or not. I am probably one of. Probably not the. But one of. The biggest introverts that there is. I, I am by and large an introvert. I'm much better by myself. Get me alone. I, if, if I had the choice of how I would spend my week, it would be me in a bag full of books and somewhere with a fire and a river and just leave me alone. But there's something in my spirit that I can't keep to myself. And so I need to be in the company of people. Why? Because that's my nature, not my nature at all. But that's the nature of God. He wants to be in the company of hungry people. He wants to be. It's his desire to fill thirsty people. It's his desire to minister to hungry people. And he's chosen to do it through you and through me. But not of our own ability. Of the flow of the Spirit. Rivers. Of living water. Out of you. Out of your innermost being. Would you begin to talk to him right there where you are right now. Right there in this place where you're standing. I realize in this room of people gathered here today. We're all at different places. We're all at different times and seasons in our walk with God and our pursuit of relationship with God. That's true of every one of us. But hear me. The Lord knows exactly where each one of us are. There's not a single one of us here better than the other because of something God has or hasn't done yet. We're simply children saved by the grace of God. And he's drawn us today. He would desire that His Spirit would operate in your life and in mine. This is the plan of God for you and for me. Come on, would you stop resisting and allow the Spirit of God to have free course in your life? Are you willing to open your mouth and say, God, I've been resistant if it's true? Would you acknowledge any area where you've maybe resisted the flow of His Spirit? Where you've maybe resisted the drawing of the Spirit? Or maybe the well has gotten stopped up with the cares of life. And this morning you need to, between you and God, empty out. Between you and God, cast that care so that the flow of the river is no longer stopped up. Come on, the world is counting on you and I. The world is counting on this flow of the Spirit. 
His design for you is that out of your belly will flow rivers. Out of your innermost being, child of God. Out of your innermost being, child of God. A flow, a flow, a flow. Utterance given of the Spirit. Utterance given of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Come on, dear sir. Come on, dear ma'am. If you're thirsty today, Jesus said, if you'll believe on me as the scripture has said. If you're thirsty, he's what you need. If you're hungry, he can satisfy. Child of God, if you've grown a little dry or a little stale in the walk, it may be that there's a need to dig a little bit. Let the Spirit of God and the Word of God dig a little bit. Un-